Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny continues our series, Squad Up, talking about how we all need community. JJ talks about how we can stand strong together as we look at Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14, and walking together in community through the narrow gate and hard path. We also look at 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 5, and the story of David and Jonathan's friendship. David and Jonathan have a true friendship where they put the other person's needs before their own and push each other towards God. JJ challenges us to evaluate our own community and if it's similar to David and Jonathan's. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Y'all loving life? First of all, can we just... Can we just give it up for the worship team, Nathan and the worship team? We're so blessed, guys. Like, they're, they're so good. They, they bless us. They brought us some good worship this morning, so let's give it up for that. Um, yeah, so if y'all don't know me, I'm JJ. I'm a high school intern here, and... <laughs> There's Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Um... <laughs> I, I love it here. I love doing interning here because I really just get to see um, more what ministry looks like, be a part of it. And I get to use my passion for the youth, for y'all, um, to really just um, spread God's love and spread, um, do his work. So I'm super excited about that. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to y'all about, I'm going to share the word with y'all a little bit and we're going to, let's get into it. So who else is really excited for fall? Fall is like my favorite season by far. Um, like definitely, definitely like the cool breeze. Like, dude, you got Halloween, Thanksgiving. What are some of y'all's favorite things to do during fall? Yep, right here. Pick up all the leaves, make a pile and jump in them. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. I need to do that this year. What about you, James? Jump on the, tr- climb trees, see all the leaves, yeah. Jump on the trampoline, yeah, when there's a ton of leaves on it, that's super fun. What about you back there? Celebrate Halloween, yeah, that's going to be fun. You always get a ton of candy. Like, what's better than going and getting free candy when you get to dress up like your favorite superhero or whatever costume you decide? Like, it's the best holiday, except Thanksgiving, because you get to eat and sleep. Uh, Connor? Deviled eggs, yes. Amen to that, brother. Oh, my goodness. That is, deviled eggs are so good. They're really good. So those are a few fun things we get to do in fall. One of my favorite things to do in fall is bike ride. I love riding my bike, getting a good breeze. Um, Like, just have, like, a sweater on, sweater weather, and just, like, go go down a hill on your bike and just joy ride. But when I was a kid, like when I was like eight, nine, ten, my big thing was not just bike riding, dude. I had a BMX bike, and I was like, I'm gonna jump everything in my neighborhood. Everything I saw was a ramp, whether that was a piece of plywood, a tree root, or just like a rock that was or the curb. Like I was, I was really into jumping my bike, and so I loved doing that. And so one, my friend Kyle would come over a lot when I was a kid, and we would go on our bikes and we would go jump stuff. We were like, okay, we're going to go find a ramp in this neighborhood. And one day, we, d- we did this all the time, but one day we were doing it and we found this piece of plywood in a ditch, in a ditch on the side of the road. You know how there's ditches on the side of the road? So we found a piece of plywood and it was like in there. Like it was like 
had been in there for a while, like warped to the um, shape of the ditch. And so we were like, that's a ramp. We're going to use that. And <laughs> so we we're going to jump that. And so we jumped it and we were like, this is awesome. We did it a couple times. Um, we're doing it. And once you do something risky, you start to feel confident. You're like, oh yeah, I, I can jump this. I can, I can even do a trick off of this jump. And so I got up there and I was like, you know, I've done it like three times. It's time to make it a little more fun. And so, uh, I got up there and I tried to jump my bike and I tried to like, like dive my nose a little bit more to like get more air off the other side. And, uh, <laughs> long story short, ended up under my bike. Um, and <laughs> like the wheel hit the middle of the ditch and I just flipped. And I was, dude, I was like eight years old. I was crying. I was like all upset. I was skin knees under my bike, stuck under it. And, but I wasn't alone, right? I had Kyle right there. And so Kyle helped me up. He got my bike off me and uh, he helped me back to the house uh, um, and such. So if we do this in our everyday life, like when you're in a dangerous, risky situation, you're not going to go into it alone, right? You're not going to go on like a really dangerous hiking path that you're not confident in by yourself. You're going to take someone or you're not going to do, um, you're not going to do a biking jump that like you're probably going to get hurt at some point if there's no one with you. But when you're with people, it's somehow like it gives you this confidence and it empowers you to do this stuff that you wouldn't usually do by yourself, right? And so um, I actually want to read something Jesus said about this in our, um, about this in our faith. And it's really just like, if we're using this logic in our everyday life, what's stopping us from using it in our spiritual life? So I'm going to, I'm going to read this real quick. Y'all don't have to open there. This isn't going to be the main passage, but I'm just going to read it real quick. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So Jesus is really um, expressing here that, like, who are the few? Does anybody know who the few are? Can I get one person to raise their hand and tell me who are the few that find life? There's a group of people. Connor. Disciples, not quite. They're a part of us, Christians, right? We find life through Jesus. And so we have found life, right? And it says that, that the gate is narrow that leads to life. It's going to be treacherous. It's going to be hard. Life's not going to be easy just because you're a Christian doesn't make it that way. But if Jesus is saying right here, like, life as a Christian is going to be hard, especially spiritually, what's stopping us from letting other people do our faith with us? When we walk down paths and do risky stuff in a physical aspect, we always make sure to have someone with us. But it seems like in our spiritual life, Shame and guilt stop us from letting other people in. I can't, I can't tell them about that sin. That's over there. I got to have it all together when I'm in front of people. I can't, I can't tell them about what's going on at home. I got to come to church with a smile on my face. 
that's so often not what we see in the Bible. And in, in God's word, we don't see that everybody is walking alone. We see them walking together in their faith. And so I actually want to look at an example of this in the Old Testament. So if y'all could go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 5, and we'll get there in a minute. So how many of y'all have heard of David? A lot of y'all? Yeah, I figured that would be the answer. Um, David's a pretty pretty well-known character from the Old Testament, pretty well-known king. Um, y'all probably know that he was king at some point. And what else is he really famous for? Does anybody know? Defeating Goliath, right? That's like a really famous story um, that we hear all the time about how David defeated Goliath, who was like this massive giant, Phil, Philistine giant. Um, and that's a really cool story of like God's provision, right? And so at this point, David is um, not yet king. David is, has been anointed. He has been anointed by Samuel to, um, and by God to be chosen as a future king. He has already been chosen as a future king, but he's really young at this point. He's like y'all's age, my age. Like he's, he's a kid. Um, and so he's, um, he's going through and he has just began serving for King Saul. He plays the harp. I bet a lot of y'all know that as a shepherd, he like played the harp in his fields. And so he played the harp and um, King Saul needed someone who could play the lyre or the harp for him to um, kind of um, soothe this like dark spear that was over him and get it like get it away from him with the lyre playing. And so David is serving in Saul's, um, David is serving for Saul. David is probably living with Saul. He's, um, and Saul has three sons. Saul, one of them is named Jonathan. How many of y'all have heard of Jonathan? That's a little bit less of a one. So yeah, Jonathan is actually one of Saul's sons, King Saul. And so Jonathan is, um, has a really good relationship with David. Um, as you can imagine, they're both living in the same place, so they probably spend a good bit of time together. And David, when David returns from defeating Goliath after this um, battle where he shows God's provision and God's strength to the Philistines, um, he returns, and that's where we're going to pick up. So this is in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 5. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul set, set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So in this, we see a couple of things. Um, so it says, Jonathan loved David as his own soul, which that's like strong, right? That's strong love. Like, I'm going to put your needs before mine. 
That's true friendship right there. Like sacrificing. Like when you call your friend and you're upset about something and they're about to go do something fun, like stopping for a second and saying you're more important in that moment, right? And so Jonathan and David made this covenant. So anybody know what a covenant is? Yeah? A promise, right? So it's like this promise or this pact with each other that, um, and this covenant, like, they're going to have each other's backs. Like, they are, like, that is brotherhood at its finest right there. And it's in a context that we don't see very much today, obviously, because, I mean, how many of y'all go and fight battles at 13? Not many of y'all? Yeah, I figured. Like, that's not a context we see today, right? That's not the normal today, but that was the norm back then, especially in the royal family. And so um, they made this pact that they were going to be there for each other. And Jonathan even gave him his robe and his armor and his bow and his sword to take with him on all of his, um, all of his journeys and in his battles. And he probably did this to signify, like, even when I'm not there, I'm there, right? Even when I'm not there, you have someone, you know you have someone who has your back and is um, fighting for you somewhere else, right? And so this is just a really powerful example of how God works um, through friendship. And finally, one of the, another one of the main things we see in in this passage is that David was successful wherever Saul sent him. David could fight and could take risks, do scary stuff, but know that he had someone who had him, right? Had his back. He had God's provision and he had a friend who was going to catch him if he fell. He wasn't alone in that. And so that allowed him to be successful wherever he went. And even so much so that as a kid, he was over the entire army. Saul set him over all of the men of war. He was over all of them. As a kid. That's incredible, right? But so often it's easy to look at these passages and go, okay, how do I apply that to my life? Because... I'm not fighting in battles, and I certainly don't have a sword and armor and a robe to give to my best friends. So how do you apply that? Well, first off, we can walk through our lives knowing that we can stand strong in community together. Community empowers us to take risks in our faith and continue to grow in our faith through approaching sins that we were hiding, through approaching issues that we were hiding, going to God with it because you're talking to your friend about it and they're like, yeah, you need to pray about that. That's, that's not going to be fixed without God. So a few, a few questions for y'all is like, some application is like, do you have someone 
or people in your life like Jonathan, like David? Is that a reality in your life? And if you have people who are going to have your back like that, are you growing towards the Father with them? Are you guys, are you guys pushing each other towards God? And um, are you guys growing each other in your faith, in your friendship? Not just being complacent, being comfortable in your faith. And if you don't have someone or people in your life like that, and you feel like you don't really have a community like that, where can you find that? I would say pray about that. Because God, God's going to provide that. And so, whether it's small groups or people at school who are going to be there for you and help grow you towards the Father, God is going to put that in your life if you take it to him. <clears throat> and second, if you do have these people in your life, are you allowing that to empower you to walk down the narrow path that Jesus talked about? Jesus said, it's not going to be easy to walk down that narrow path. But you have to walk down that narrow path to get to that narrow gate. It's, it's going to take effort. You can't just sit there and expect it to happen. You have to, it's, it's effort to grow your relationship with God. It's effort to grow um, closer to him. And it's, but it's also scary along the way. So are you allowing that community to empower you to walk down? Because you know if you fall, if you go back to that sin that you keep falling into, if you keep having problems at home that you were, you know that there's going to be a hand right there pulling you up. That community is going to be pulling you up, and Jesus is going to be waiting for you right there. We can't be comfortable in our faith if we want to grow. It's going to be uncomfortable. But how, how can we allow community to make that uncomfortability sustainable and a reality to where we can get to new maturities and we can grow closer to God in our faith. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all these people in this room. I thank you for the, these kids and that they, um, they love you and they want to grow closer to you. And I thank you for all these leaders who have a heart to serve them and a heart to um, grow your kingdom. I pray that you um, just reveal to everybody the community that you've put in their life um, and, or bring that community to them. And I pray that you allow them to um, grow closer to you through those communities and those friends. I also pray that you empower, that you show them that they have the power to take, take risks and walk down that narrow path in their faith and go through those struggles, go through those trials to get closer to you. 
with that community and go closer, closer to you through that. In your name we pray. Amen.